0: This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Meyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Meyer. What is it like to spit in God's eye? Yes, you heard the question accurately. What is it like to spit in God's eye? Well... The headline of an article coming from Israel National News this week is Spitting in God's Eye. We want to take a look at what that looks like. But before we get there, let me acquaint you with what happened to a startled father. A startled dad found a deadly surprise in his baby's stroller. Now, what do you think that was? Well, it was a Tennessee couple with a young child that received quite the shock last month when they discovered a venomous snake in their baby stroller. The snake, which was identified as a copperhead, and I have killed many of them here in Virginia, tried and failed to strike at the couple, who told the Nashville television station that they feel lucky they noticed the serpent before it could harm their infant. All three members of the young family were unharmed because the husband, who went for a walk with the baby in the wagon and left the garage open, came home. And after 30 minutes, they discovered when the wife had unloaded groceries, they discovered the snake in the basket, in the carriage. From the time it took the family to eat dinner until the time husband went to the couple's garage to retrieve something from the car, the snake had slithered into their garage and made itself at home in the stroller. Husband actually filmed the snake, which was coiled up in the stroller. He walked past the wagon, didn't notice it, and when he walked back, he noticed the snake on the edge of the wagon, and right when he looked at it, it struck at him, and he jumped back and hit my car. What a picture. Husband actually killed the snake outside with a shovel after getting it off the edge of the wagon or bassinet, whatever it was. But here's the point. As I read this, of course, everybody would be concerned about their baby. And I do remember years ago when we had a little miniature poodle that we loved. It was our first doggie. And uh, then we had our first child, who happens to be my producer now and has worked for me for the majority of her life. Uh, in so many different ways, what a blessing has been. But my wife discovered this poodle nestled around the head of our little baby, our firstborn. And she became very concerned. The reason she became concerned was she sensed that that dog was protective of the child, even against the parent that the dog was actually appropriated the child as her own. And my wife said, this is the end of the road. We cannot continue. We must choose between the dog and our daughter. Now, some of us are going to have to make a similar kind of choice. I know you knew that there was some sort of catch coming, and here it is. You see... Sometimes here on this program we throw curveballs, sometimes we throw a fastball, sometimes we throw a curveball, sometimes a knuckleball. It kind of shakes as it comes in, and you're trying to figure out, okay, where is this going? Well, here's where it's going. One of the things their snakes are notorious for is sticking out their tongues in a antagonistic, threatening way... And some are even known to be professional spitters. That's right. They will spit right in your eye, spit in your face. The King Koba is famous for that. And the Bible says that Satan is a serpent. And friends, whether you like it or not, whether you can see the analogy or not, Satan is is spitting in your eye, or seeking to spit in your eye every day. He's even seeking to spit in God's eye. And there are many ways he speaks, in, uh, spits into God's eye, and usually it is through people that give him dominion or place in their bassinet or their wagon. When I saw this story, I thought, Lord, this this will preach. This has important significance for all of us so i'm quite sure that you would be very concerned about that snake in the basket or a bassinet whatever it happened to be but the problem is that we have whether wittingly or unwittingly allowed the serpent to come into our homes into our cars into our bedrooms into our churches. In fact, in many respects, we've allowed whole families of serpents to come in. And in reality, what we do not necessarily realize is eventually they spit at us. And then we become so inured and accepted to their presence among us that we don't see the significance of the deadliness that they propose. So here's my question for you before we go further. Have you allowed any metaphorical spiritual serpents to take residence in your home, in your car, in your place of work, In your place of entertainment, or places of our art- entertainment, are you actually fellowshipping with snake worshippers, snake charmers? Do you actually enjoy their presence where you go or participate in entertainment? Just asking. Just asking. And so here on Viewpoint today, with that as the introduction, we're going to take a look at what happened when the Jerusalem, with Israel National News, contained a opinion piece coming out today called Spitting in God's Eye. Tension between Christians and Jews in Jerusalem is more complex than discussed at the deplorable spitting incident that occurred this week. Yes, a spitting incident that has taken the headlines in Israel. That's right, a spitting incident. You say, you got to be kidding me. Was it a snake? Well, it wasn't an actual snake, but it might involve some people that were like snakes, maybe some even wanting to spit in God's eye. We'll see when we get back. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chrismeyer. Today we're asking the question, what does it mean to spit in God's eye? That's right. What does it mean to spit in God's eye? And you might be surprised. You might want to take heed. You might want to think. You might want to consider that there are some serpents that have surreptitiously wormed their way into your household into your life, into your thinking, into your relationships, and that, in effect, are resulting in they and perhaps you, in concert with them, in effect, spitting in God's eye. There was a beautiful song, a chorus that came out uh, back in the 1980s. Actually, I think it was written by our pastor. At least he claimed to have written it. It's from the Psalms. It's very, very simple. And it goes like this. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shelter of your wing. Show me this day the secret of your way. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Periodically, as my wife and I are praying together, I will conclude with those words in our prayer, Keep us as the apple of your eye. Hide us in the shelter of your wing. Show us this day the secret of your way. Keep us as the apple of your eye. Well, what is the apple of the eye anyway? It's a metaphorical term to refer to the pupil, the very centerpiece of your eye. The apple of your eye. Interestingly, God in the, in the Old Testament called Israel the apple of his eye. Isn't this interesting? God called Israel the apple of his eye. So what happened? Apparently, Israel allowed the serpent to come in and wreak havoc among Israel and the Jewish people such that they actually turned, and in effect, joined with the serpent in spitting in the eye of God himself, the very one who called them the apple of his eye. Can you imagine what a loving father who had brought forth the children of Israel with a mighty arm out of Egypt and had fed them with manna and taken them through the Red Sea and taking them through, uh separating the Jordan River and provided all of these things, and they turn around and spit in his eye. We want to go back to Egypt. We want to be just like the Egyptians. Really. I loved you and I chose you not because you were so great, not because you were so loving, not because you're so uh, uh, multiplied in the earth or prominent. I chose you because I chose you to love you and look what you're doing. You're spitting in my eye and I chose you to be the apple of my eye. So question, is there any way? in which you find yourself, as you think about it, as the Holy Spirit takes these words and applies them, is there any way in which you find yourself perhaps spitting in the eye of God? Just asking. Just asking. Because spitting at someone is intended to be a very serious act Of uh, reprobation, of distaste, dishonor, disdain, dissing, whatever term you want to use. Well, here's what happened, though, in Israel this week. Earlier this week, Jews were parading through Jerusalem's old city. No, no, the Jews weren't parading. But there were Christians that were parading. Christians were parading through Jerusalem's old city, the very place where Jesus walked. And then there were a group of Jews who were parading. And they saw the Christians bearing a large wooden cross. So some of the Jews then spit on the ground in the Christians' direction. It was an open Notorious act of disdain and disrespect. Two days later, the Jerusalem police arrested five Jews involved in the incident. But the spitters provoked a widespread outrage and disgust that has echoed all over the world. Just in a matter of two or three days. So much for the digital world. Some of the Jews were claiming that spitting on Christians was an ancient Jewish practice. Therefore, it must be okay. On the other hand, some said it had no place whatsoever in Jewish religious law and was a desecration of God's name. In other words, it was as if they're spitting on the very name of God. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a high tower. And the word... The, the word also says that God himself has exalted his word above his own name. Some maintained, some Jewish people maintained, it's a custom among certain religious Jews to spit on the ground in the presence of idol worship. In recent months, Christian pastors in Jerusalem have been complaining of an upsurge in spitting incidents against Christians both on their robes as well as on the ground. So the Jerusalem police now have begun to take this seriously because to spit at someone in that regard is actually a kind of assault and battery. It is. Assault and battery doesn't require that you actually hit somebody with your fist or or your foot. So the Jerusalem uh, police have decided, hey, we need to do something about this because there's an outrage that's occurring in our society and upsetting the whatever equilibrium we had. So 16 investigations have been opened into those kinds of incidents and 21 arrests and detentions have been carried out with officers dressing as priests and monks to catch those harassing Christians in the old city. Christian leaders and others have attributed the increase in these attacks to the presence of the Israeli government, of extremist ministers who they accuse of encouraging anti-Christian delinquent behavior. Which, by the way, uh, there's a lot of truth in that. One Jewish person said, I support spitting at every cross, every Christian, to degrade them forcefully. They used to slaughter and massacre us, said one man to the Israeli army radio. So you see, it's a response for many to what Christians did to them. Yes, even through the Holocaust. Attempts to convert the Jews constitute an aggressive, predatory An ultimately exterminatory attack on Judaism, they say. Given this history, missionary activities remain a matter of the most acute sensitivity for many Jews. Reasons for this include the rise of the Messianic Jews for Jesus movement and the resurgence of supersessionist anti-Israel and anti-Jewish preaching in progressive Protestant denominations that say that Israel is no longer of value to God and should be completely rejected as being rejected by God. More pertinent, though, the world's civilization uh, disorders have provoked an increasing belief among a number of evangelical Christians that the Messianic age is now imminent, an apocalyptic fervor that, for such believers, makes the conversion of the Jews increasingly urgent. And a spokesman for one such group said, We believe God is raising up 100 million intercessors for Israel to be restored and saved. So that sets the stage for what we're talking about. Then, on Tuesday of this week, Jewish protesters demonstrated outside the uh, an arena stadium in Jerusalem where the International Christian Embassy of Jerusalem was holding its Israeli night as part of the annual Feast of Tabernacles. On Wednesday... Thousands of Jews of all stripes came out to welcome, though, the annual march through Jerusalem of Christians from around 80 nations, the pinnacle of the week-long Feast of Tabernacle Celebration. So you have the good, the bad, and the ugly. But the worst of the ugly is spitting in God's eye. Now, were these Jewish people that spit on the Christians, were they spitting in God's eye? Well, you could say, if uh, humankind is made in God's image, then to spit on another human being is to spit on God. There's a lot of truth in that, and we find it even reinforced in the New Testament, not using the word spitting, but using the word uh, demeaning or calling a human being a fool. In other words, worthless. To call a person worthless. Jesus said, no, you don't do that. It's as if you're, shall we say, spitting on God himself because he created them. So we're supposed to, as Jesus said, love our neighbors ourself. Oh, love our neighbor as ourselves. We wouldn't spit on ourselves, would we? Hopefully not. And so we shouldn't go around spitting on others. There has to be a measure of respect. You don't have to agree with their viewpoint, but you don't go around desecrating their humanity. But this is where things have come in Israel. There is a tension that is driving things in Israel today. And... That tension is also experienced in the United States. In the United States, we have, right now, articles that have come across my desk just in the last couple of days concerning the rise of anti-Semitism in America, in America's universities, that it's becoming very serious and dangerous. What is that? Well, it is... Gentiles made in God's image, not necessarily following God, but made in God's image, rising up and uh, attacking either verbally or physically or in other ways, Jewish people also made in God's image, who God specifically chose as the apple of his eye. So when American universities now are promoting, even from their professorships, promoting anti-Semitism, they're actually urging, choreographing their students to spit on God. Now, if you don't like the Jewish people for some reason, that's one thing. But to take it to the point of desecrating somebody... In that fashion, you're actually demeaning their humanity and therefore demeaning the God who created them in that humanity. You're spitting on God. The same is true for Jewish people who would do the same to Gentiles, or especially Gentile believers in Jesus Christ. In effect... They're spitting on Jesus. And so this spitting contest is like a massive global spitting contest now that's going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, and it's leading increasingly to a very unstable situation in society. Then came this article from Israeli National News uh, today again. A new stage in the degradation of the American university. Of the American university. Statements about academic anti-Zionist goals reveal an unbridgeable chasm between those goals and the norms of the academy. What they're talking about here is an increasingly large group of People in the secular universities across the country, gathering together in California, at the University of California, Santa Cruz, and also another location, where was that? Uh, anyway, there were two locations uh, where they were going to do this. I think it was New York. And the whole purpose was to confederate together against Israel as a nation. It's called anti-Zionism. Is that, in effect, spitting in the face of the God who made and preserved Jewish people and, yes, Americans? We'll be back with much more today. There is so
1: much more about Chuck Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind.
0: so good to be with you here today on Viewpoints. We talk about this matter of spitting on God or spitting in God's eye. And there are many more things we're going to talk about. We're going to shift over from Israel to many other different things, and it might take you by surprise. I, I suspect it will. But before we get to that, I want to uh, let those who are in the Massachusetts and Connecticut New York area who listen to this program, I want to remind you that on November 4th, this year, November 4th, my wife and I are coming to uh, Massachusetts at the uh, Crestview Country Club in Agawam, Massachusetts, the very first zip code in America. We're going there to hold one of our many breakfasts there for our listeners. It's going to be a very special time. Those who have come before uh, almost insist on trying to come again because they get so much out of it. It's a great time of fellowship. Uh, And also, uh, my wife and I share a lot of things uh, from our hearts that you would not necessarily hear uh, on the radio. So we're going to be there November 4th, and uh, the breakfast goes from 8 o'clock in the morning until 1130. In other words, a very full time. It's a, a great buffet breakfast and uh, in addition to that, uh, we we speak, we bring forth all of our books and materials that are available at uh, discounted prices uh, because we want to uh, assist our listeners in taking advantage of maximum advantage of what we have to offer. And uh, so all of that's going to happen on November 4th, Saturday morning November 4th. But you're going to have to, well, register in advance. You're just going to have to. And you need to do that within the next two weeks. Because we have to know. We have to be able to prepare the people who prepare the meal and so on. We have to know how many are going to be there. So please don't delay, as often people do, and try to find out if something, what they think might be better is was going to take place or whatever. No, make your decision and then let us know. You can go to our website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org, and you can register that way. Go to the bookstore, and uh, then in the upper right-hand corner is where you can connect and register for the breakfast. We need to know how many are going to be there. The cost of the breakfast is thirty dollars. Uh, everything's gone up, friends. That's that's the least that we could make it. We don't we don't make money on that. Don't make money on that at all. So I hope that you'll make that investment. You might want to bring a friend, maybe a family or whatever. Uh, oftentimes people have brought their whole families. they brought other friends. It's been a great time of friendship and fellowship. Uh, also, in addition to that, the uh, owner and manager of the three stations that we air on up there is going to be there at the breakfast. You'll meet him, uh, Bill Blunt. You'll meet him and his wife. And uh, it's just it's going to be a great time. Uh, If you are not able to do it via our website, uh, then you can make your registration by giving us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. And we'll get down uh, your credit card and we'll take down all the necessary information. But please, don't delay. Let's get on with it. Uh and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you there. Okay, that having been said, a very interesting announcement came out today, both from the Jerusalem Post and from theblaze.com on these shores. And here it is. It's a woman, an accused anti-Semite, a former witch and a famous tattoo artist has just renounced her witchcraft, her occultic tattoos, her anti-Semitism, and has embraced Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and was baptized on Instagram. Her name is Kat Von D. Kat Von D. Long known for her macabre style and dark designs, which often evoke the occult. However, recognizing in recent years that there is a spiritual battle taking place, her name really is Catherine Von Drachenberg She began working to ensure that she was on the right side of the History, so to speak. So, at 41 years of age, the Mexican-American daughter of a Protestant missionary and mother of one can be seen dressed all in white, standing before a church packed full of friends and family. And on her profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, in obedience to his divine commandment, the pastor says, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and submerged her in the water. One of the comments on the video in response was, hell just lost another one. (laughs) So, this is a good thing. But here's a woman who spit on God for years. That's what she did. The occult... Her uh, tattoos, her anti-Semitism, her witchcraft, all of this was a form of spitting on God because he prohibits all those things. Whether you think so or not. So, this is something to celebrate. A woman who repents of her spitting on God for years. Uh, Maybe there's something in your life where you didn't do any of the things that uh, Cat D did, but there's some other things in your life which in effect constitutes spitting on God because you know that he didn't approve. If there's anything that God doesn't approve of and you decide to do it, you're spitting on God. For instance, how about this one? The Library Association, the American Library Association officials are working on a plan to provide porn to kids. To provide porn to kids. Friends, this is an act of spitting on God. It's defiance against God. It's showing your utter and total disdain and disrespect for God, for children, for Human beings made in his image and to uh, encourage and facilitate their exposure to porn is nothing short of an abomination and spitting on God. Let's just call it what it is. Why are we so afraid to call things what they are? There's nothing unloving about what we're saying here today on Viewpoint, it's not unloving. It's recognizing wickedness and calling it what it is. Not pussyfooting around and pretending that it isn't what it is and trying to soft-pedal it, like seems to be the prominent way that pastors and people are doing today. It's wickedness. In fact, it's blasphemy against God. Blasphemy is a form, it's another word for spitting on God. Now, here's another one. The gay population, that is the homosexual and lesbian population, is creating and spreading drug-resistant diseases. You may recall back in 2015 when Barack Hussein Obama, then president, legalized gay marriage and under the banner of love is love, As if to send a clear message to Christians that their faith and teachings don't matter. But they do. When Mr. Obama did that and also promoted abortion across the world, he spit on God. He said, I don't care what you say. I don't care what you think. I don't care what the Bible says. We're going to do something completely different. We are equal to or greater than you, God. So here, take this, and he spit at him. Now, data show a 74% increase in syphilis over the last five years, as well as 2,800 congenital syphilis cases in 2021, including 220 that resulted in infant deaths, The data is also showing chlamydia rates that have risen up to pre-pandemic levels after cases went undetected during the first year of the COVID-19 pandemic. In other words, the practice of homosexuality is causing exactly the thing that the Apostle Paul talked about in Romans chapter 1, reaping to themselves the recompense of the reward. It's put nicely there. Recom, uh, receiving to themselves the recompense of the reward. In other words, they thumbed their nose at God, some of them even by calling themselves Christians. They chose to diss what God said. He said, the practice of a sodomy, homosexuality, is an abomination in my sight. When the kings of Israel and the prophets were correcting Israel that had continued to slide into these kinds of spitting engagements on God and rejecting his word, the prophets and a few of the kings came out and they eradicated, one of the very first things they did was to eradicate the sodomites out of the land. Why? Because their presence was as if Israel was spitting on God, defaming his name. Now, is it possible that a pope can spit on God? I'll let you decide after you hear what's coming. I'll let you decide. We'll be right back after this, friends. Stay tuned. You're listening to Viewpoint.
1: Click Sell Church.
0: If you don't think there's going to be any repercussions and you don't have the love of the Lord in your heart, you're going to feel free to spit on anyone you want to spit on, including God Himself. You really are. And that's why the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you really feared the Lord, you would not engage in any of these kinds of spitting contests against man or God. You wouldn't. So why don't we fear God? Somehow we think that's a bad thing. God says it's the most important thing of all. If you don't fear me, you can't even understand the nature of salvation because there's nothing to be saved from. There's no eternal penalty, no eternal damnation, nothing. You don't have to fear God at all. You just do what you want to do. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of everything. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So, I want to make available to you my book, Secret of the Lord. The Secret of the Lord. It's all about restoring the fear of the Lord in your life. If there's any one thing... It is necessary for there to be any meaningful change for the better in this country. That one thing would be restoring the fear of the Lord. Without it, forget it. You can elect all the people you want to elect, and it's still not going to change until there's fear of the Lord in the land, starting in God's own house. And it's just not there right now. Very few people truly fear God. Because if they did, they wouldn't act the way they do. If we truly feared God, we wouldn't have a divorce rate that for the past 25, 30 years has equaled the nation as a whole in the church house and the Bible Belt of America has exceeded the uh, nation as a whole by 50% for the past 20 years. We wouldn't have that, would we? We don't fear God. We're living in a world of let's pretend. In essence, we're spitting on God and then asking our pastors to permit it And justify it. And many of them are. Because they don't want to offend the spitters. So spitting on God has become, shall we say, a national pastime. It's almost exceeded baseball as a national pastime. Get a copy of the book. I don't think you're going to be disappointed. If you knew that every single promise in the Bible, including salvation itself, is predicated or based on the fear of the Lord, would you not be interested? Did you not know that? You'll find out in this book. It's amazing. It's a $20 book. Hardbound book, yours for $15 on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. You can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. The secret of the Lord. And it is his secret. You know how we know? Because Psalm 2514 says this, The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. Not anybody else. Those who fear him. And to them, that is those who fear him, he will reveal or manifest his covenant. Do you know why you just may not be experiencing what you see some other people experiencing in their relationship with the Lord? It may be because you just don't fear the Lord. Because if you did, you'd obey him. Wouldn't you? Now, how about a pope? How about a pope? What would he do? Well, the pope has come into the fore again this week. And, uh... U.S. Catholics are very disturbed by Pope Francis on the issue of same-sex unions. So, a letter from five prominent Catholic cardinals to Pope Francis heading into a synod on synodality at the Vatican this week reflects deep concern among traditionalists as to the direction Pope Francis is leading the Catholic Church. They submitted the letter in a form of questions that were released earlier this week. They were following up statements made by Pope Francis earlier concerning subjects of homosexuality, ordination of women as priests, and the necessity for confession to receive communion and pope francis's statements had appeared to cast doubt on the absoluteness of those three teachings in the catholic church so these cardinals are very concerned that the pope may be spitting on jesus they called francis's statements on same-sex marriage scandalous That's another way of saying spitting on Jesus. Scandalous. Pope Francis, in response to the Cardinal's question about whether same-sex unions could be blessed by the church, said he allowed that pastoral prudence might find such blessings permissible as long as they are distinguished from marriage. In other words, he punted. He played games with the truth. This practice asks God to favor with his grace a relationship based upon a mutual promise to commit gravely immoral sexual acts that place souls at risk of eternal damnation, say the cardinals. The church has also taught from this founding that sexual relations outside of marriage of any kind is sinful. So what you're doing, Pope Francis, is a plain Contradiction of Catholic teaching and practice. In other words, it is spitting on Jesus. We don't need to go further into it. Then the Pope comes out this week again and wants to attribute any change in the climate to humankind he has completely dismissed the role of god who created the universe and showed how the climate has changed since its creation 6000 years ago but he wants to pin the rap on humankind why because it makes the pope look good among the global secularists. And he is seeking to win their affirmation, even if it means spitting on God as a creator. Doesn't matter. Whatever he has to do to win the app, the approval of these uh, global secularists is what he will do. That's why, by the way, he has gone the way he has with the sexual issues. Divorce, remarriage, transgenderism, uh, same-sex marriage, all of those he's capitulated on in devious ways in order to make it look like he's the cool guy to be trusted in the advancement of religion and Christianity so that he should be considered to be the great the grand poobah of the world in the new world order what I just shared with you has huge implications if you've listened long you've heard this before Take heed. And as if this were not enough, a judge in Florida has called for the exoneration of a Christian teacher that was fired for declining to use a student's preferred pronouns. He labeled the transgender ideology promoted through the whole of government by Joe Biden a new secular faith. In other words, an alternative to Christianity. That's what the judge said. He said advocates of transgenderism can be as doctrinaire as religious zealots these days. He wrote that in the dispute over the firing of a science teacher. She was dismissed by the middle school in Miami for Uh, a conversation with a student, a girl, who demanded the teacher refer to her as a boy. She says, no, I can't do that. At that point, the girl demanded the teacher refer to her as a boy, instructing the teacher, God made a mistake. In other words, she spit on God. The teacher responded, I'm a Christian, and God makes no mistakes. So the student complained, and the teacher was fired. But the judge called for the exoneration of the teacher, writing, as this case demonstrates, adhering to the traditional view that gender is biologically determined can get a person excommunicated from a job, in this instance. So transgender, then, Is a new secular faith. You see, if we're really honest and we see things from God's viewpoint, we will see that in effect all of these things that are dissing what God has said are actually in effect. Spitting in the face of God. Spitting in the eye of God. When we hold, when we go against the Jewish people, we're spitting in the eye of God because he called them the apple of his eye. God says, look, if you don't like what somebody else is doing, you can resist it on the principle basis, but don't get into exercising vengeance or treating other people as distaff. In other words, not created in my image. Don't do that. He says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. You leave that up to me. Now, we know what God's going to do, and the Jewish people don't like it. If you read Zechariah chapter, whatever it is, 13 or somewhere in there, you'll find out. That two-thirds of all Jewish people, right now there are about 15 million around the world, two-thirds of them are going to lose their lives in in a serious judgment that God brings against the apple of his eye because they spit in his eye, in effect. They rejected. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. They spit in his eye, made fun, they mocked him, And he said, okay, I'm giving you adequate opportunity. I've given you 2,000 years to come to grips with this, and you refuse. Now you're spitting in the eye of others made in my image, the Gentiles who have come to Jesus Christ, and you're not going to get by. They're going to be punished double for all their sins, the Scripture says. But that's not going to let Gentiles off the hook. Because we're also going to be judged terrifically for spitting in God's eye. Don't you think it's time, like that tattoo artist now, to get serious and repent? A complete turnaround. Stop spitting in God's eye. And let's agree with him. Let's get on board. And he'll bless you. Thanks for joining us. Get a copy of the book, Uh, The Secret of the Lord. I think it will bless you on our website, saveus.org. Become a partner. Do it today. Don't delay, friends. God bless. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.